You are listening to the Market Share Podcast presented by Milk Street Marketing, a discussion of all things marketing, branding, and beyond. The Market Share Podcast presented by Milk Street Marketing is a weekly discussion of current marketing trends and their impact on business owners and entrepreneurs alike. For more information, visit milkstreet.marketing backslash podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Market Share Podcast presented by Milk Street Marketing. This week, we have a very special guest for a very special week. We have Mrs. Robin Nolan, currently the director of the annual fund at Father Judge High School right here in Philadelphia. Go Crusaders. Go Crusaders. How are you today? I'm great. Are you excited to be here on Super Bowl week? I'm super excited for Super Bowl 52. I mean, I'm trying to not even think about it too much. It's just so, it'll just start to consume you. Yeah, I had to stop watching hype videos because I feel like I just want to like run out into the street and start yelling at people. It's really exciting. I know. We're very, very excited. We're like all eagles all the time this week here on Milk Street. We're eagleizing everything. We're changing the eagles colors for all our logos. It's great. It's been a lot of fun. Of course, it's what you guys do. Branding, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You got to go with, you know, you got to go with uh, what's getting people excited, too. So where are you watching the game? Um, well, unknown right now. Father okay. Judge is, is running a Super Bowl block pool, okay. and I have a bet with our athletic director. If he sells all his blocks, all 100 blocks, to the tune of $500 a piece, I have to go work the party with him. If he falls short, I get to do whatever I want. Gotcha. So. That's up in the air right now. So we're all just riding the wave so of Eagles friends. So please go slash athletics and buy a block. Please plug away. I forgot to mention <laughs> that to you before we started recording. Uh, this is 100% an opportunity for you and our guests to plug whatever you have going on. All right. Well, promoting. I hope there's some um, boys between the ages of 13 and 16 that listen to your podcast and would like a father judge education. Okay. Well, there might. You never know. know. We have a very, very, very long reach here with the Market Share Podcast. Good to know. Yeah. So um, what else did I want to ask you about the Eagles um, prediction? Eagles, what? Eagles, come That's a no-brainer. I'm a Philly girl. You don't think that we're all getting uh, overconfident? I, no, no. I, I mean, I did not, that Minnesota win was so convincing, right? Like, I think that everybody... I felt okay about it, but who could have predicted the stomping that occurred? And uh, I admit, when Carson went down, I was like, oh, there we go. But Nick Foles, I, I feel good about this. Nicky Six. Quirky little guy, you know? like he's, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you just have to be optimistic going into it. Otherwise, like, why would you even bother watching? I think, like, at this point, I'm just such the, the typical, like, jaded Eagles fan that I don't even believe like I don't even want to believe that they can win I, I'm just a, kind of expecting it to go the way it always goes and for my hopes and dreams to be crushed as they always are and I know that's a sad way of looking at it but you know I just I've been there before you know I, I went to the I went to the top of the mountain you know I left it all out there in 2005 and lost a little bit of my soul that year it's been hard to it's been hard to get back after all the NFC championship games and coming so close and then getting there and you know, and that was the year, you know, they were on the trajectory for it. You know, I mean, they were a bad team. They rebuilt. They got Donovan McNabb in. Andy Reid comes in. 
you know, they get better, they get better, they climb the ladder, and then they just can't get there, and then they finally get over, and then just, oh, I can't do that again. But I think that, no, I mean, after Carson went down, all the injuries, Peter, Sproles, Hicks, who am I missing? It's it's unexpected. So that Marangos guy, the guy with the mangoes. There you, the mango guy. Right, right, the poor guy couldn't <laughs> get a dinner reservation, right? Um, but I think that we have to be cautiously optimistic. And after Carson went down, in particular, that last blowing injury, I don't think anybody expected them to uh, be a real contender. So... Yeah, I'm I mean, excited. you could definitely take the approach that we're playing with house money and that, you know, anything. I mean, to me, we've had, you know, on Milkshire here in the office, you know, we had just, you know, uh, insurmountable number of conversations about this over the last month or two. And, you know, since Carson went down and, you know, what the expectations should be, you know, it's almost you could you can, you know, take some life lessons from it, too, about how to like really, you know, what your mental state should be, and you know for everyone to be expecting Super Bowl of this team going into the playoffs, I thought was completely unfair and delusional, frankly. <laughs> At that time, I was like, there's no way you should be expecting a Super Bowl right now. You know, at this point, the trajectory's not in the, like, the tra- like, they're just making the playoffs again for the first time. I'm like, okay, especially going like, all right, they went in 13-3, and three, great, they had a great season. They win a playoff game. If you're going to adjust your expectations don't set yourself up for crushing defeat like I have my whole life, <laughs> you know? Just say, hey, if we win a playoff game, great. You know, now obviously they've done much, much better than that, and they've overachieved if you had. The funny part is that Wild Card Weekend, me and my buddies, you know, from high school, we had this traditional, like, gathering where we all get together and watch the Wild Card games. Obviously, the Eagles had a bye week, and that week I made a statement kind of like to get a rise out, but almost half serious, like, I actually think they have a better chance with Foles. And they just let me have it. Mm-hmm. They were like, are you nuts? What are you fucking crazy? Like, what do you say? Like, you're saying what Foles is better than Wentz? Are you nuts? What are you saying? You're going to, you would bench Wentz? If we, I'm like, well, he's hurt. We don't have to make that decision. All I'm saying is maybe there's a little bit of a silver lining here that I kind of think they have a better shot with Foles. If what, they're going to do something. You think everybody ups their game without? I think that Wentz? Foles has had, you know, an quarterback that had been in the league for now six or seven years, uh, but it was only one playoff game, but he had that little bit of playoff experience and success. I mean, he had them when he played, when they played, Eagles played New Orleans in 2013, he had them in a position to win the game. Defense couldn't stop Drew Brees at the end, and they lost. You know, and that game against Seattle, that first kind of re- real big game, I mean, yeah, I know they, the Carolina game was great, and they won, but that Seattle, that was a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl winning team, and, you know, Carson Navi played a little bit more like a rookie that game. And I'm thinking, like, in the playoffs, you might have had that shot. Maybe with Foles, maybe, and maybe that was me at the time now being optimistic, thinking, you know, maybe he keeps his head a little bit more. Playing with, you know, you don't have nothing to lose. Now I'm the back of quarterback. Now there's really no expectations. Going in with a healthy Wentz, they were already saying Super Bowl with Foles going in. <laughs> like, so, anyway, it's been fun to, like, have the text message exchange every time Foles was doing something and you know we're all breaking each other's balls about it yeah it's so. awesome it's exciting like you just can't go anywhere I have a fight song stuck in my head it's everywhere on the street social media like it's just I can't eat like I can't even hear like the Rocky song at this point like you know like these hype videos where like they're doing like Meryl Reese 
you know, calls, you know, overdubbed with the, the Rocky music. I'm like, stop, turn it off. I'm getting choked up. I'm well, getting I, choked up. I thought of you guys at Milk Street in one of the hype videos at the end. There's a scene from 30 Rock. Did you see this? No. At the end, it's Alec Baldwin and, and Tina Fey in a scene from 30 Rock. And he's talking about Ben Franklin and how he was from Boston. Oh, okay. And Tina Fey said, yeah, but then he's... He figured out how bad it sucked, and he moved to Philly. Dude, that so, was our post yeah, on Moke Street at the beginning so of the week. you guys. It's, it's at the end of one of the hype videos. I've actually been trying to start a public spat with some Milk Street-related businesses up in Boston. No one's, no one's, no one's like taking no me over. No one's biting. No one's biting. I'm tweeting at them and everything. I'm tagging them. And, but yeah, I mean, that was we were basically like, you know, hey, Boston, you know what? Yeah, Ben Franklin came here, basically, because you guys suck. So... Um, yeah, it was, you know, that's another thing, you know, we were talking about with Milk Street, how exciting this is for us because, you know, with the Eagles playing this underdog role, you know, and with Rocky, you know, being the consummate Philadelphia underdog, I mean, that's such a, you know, just a, you know, what do you call it? Like synergistic pairing, you know, and that's, that's, you know, with Milk Street, just as, you know, as an aside, we've always, that's been our philosophy. That's been our outlook, you know, from the very beginning is helping you know, small businesses and helping the little guy beat the big guy, you know, mm -hmm. taking on that underdog, you know, role. So it's, there's a, it hits, it's hitting real close to home for us this week. So we're all very, very excited. It is. It's yeah. contagious. Yeah. We could probably just do the whole podcast on the Eagles. <laughs> on the Eagles. One of, yeah, yeah. One of my points, and then, you know, one of my points actually, so, you know, I wanted to bring up was thinking about this in the context of, of the show, um, you know, from a marketing and from a branding standpoint, you know, what are things that we could learn? you know, from the Eagles, you know, in this. And, you know, what are things that, you know, maybe some idea, like when we were already talking about things that you can do, you know, to sort of get on the bandwagon, so yeah. to speak, you know, to maybe gain a little bit more engagement for your brand, you know? I mean, yeah. you could speak to that too. I mean, that's from a branding standpoint, you have, uh, you know, I think the, the rabbitness of the fan base is yeah. probably very similar to, you know, the passion that, you know, of, oh, the, of the alumni. Yeah. So my constituents exactly. are alums and yeah, they're, they're passionate about, you know, their school and their experience. And, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting for this Super Bowl. Like we, we think about the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl and, um, even more recent than that, when the Phillies were in the world series, like this, the social media aspect was really not what it is right now. Right. And if we can just say in 2008, so 10 years ago, roughly, when the Phillies won, which is crazy. I, I, know. <laughs> I don't want to make you cry again. No. Um, but, you know, there's so much opportunity to create um, excitement via social media that just did not exist 10 years ago. Yeah. So hashtag fly Eagles fly and you see mm -hmm. all these hype videos. It just was non-existent a decade ago, which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, like at the for the Minnesota game when the Vikings fans dressed dressed Rocky like I don't we probably would have had to watch the six o'clock news 10 years ago to see that photo but I think it was almost viral within moments of it happening well so, I mean I know I post about it right away as soon as I saw I mean that's personally what did them in as far as I'm concerned like that's something we would normally do yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like we would go to the Mall of America and like spray paint on the walls or something yeah and then, of course, we'd lose. Well, it just goes to prove that, prove that there's, like, shitty fans everywhere, right? Oh, so we, we get a bad rap for everything, but... Right. Um, Why do we have to punch a horse? <laughs> Twice! <laughs> as, as if Santa Claus oh, wasn't gotta enough. you got to love Norlite. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there's lessons that we can learn from what's happening now in the city and the Eagles, you know, mad props to them. They do a fantastic job in terms of marketing PR and their social media is done exceptionally well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, I work for a school, a, a private um, Catholic high school, and there's lots of things that I think that we could learn from it, um, you know, borrow ideas and, and the way that um, something now, of course, the stage is much greater, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like on an international stage right now, what the Eagles are doing and, um, you know, this opportunity they've been given. Um, but there's takeaways for us, people like you and I that are in, that are in marketing and communications and, and those types of injuries and watch what the Eagles as an organization have done. And, you know, everything they post is the same hashtag, mm-hmm. you know, and there's there's elements of the brand that they're constantly using which is so important to, you know, just get your messaging out and be consistent. And there's definitely a certain look and feel um, to everything that they put out there, which also is important. Like it's it's always one voice, which I'm always an advocate of. Like you, you want your organization to come across through all mediums, looking and feeling and sounding a certain way. They oh, do a great job. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, from a, you know, branding consistency standpoint, we talk about that all the time. You know, making sure that you have a consistent message, um, you know, especially when you're talking, you know, when you're when you're broad reaching sort of campaigns, obviously, you know, the ability to segment your messaging according to your different segments of your audience is important, too. But, you know, the things I think about is, you know, that again, it's that that passion, you know, and, uh, you know, developing a brand, you know, and developing such a such a loyal, such a just wildly loyal and passionate audience i mean that's that's really like a marketer's dream i mean you had you know yeah. you have that you know and you never know what's gonna stick and i i have a um we worked together when i was at st but, hubert in advancement and um you know some things we we thought were gonna become really catchy and awesome didn't and then right. other things that i did there have stuck to this day and one of the uh examples i'll give is st hubert mascot um, is Bambi, which is a deer. So during one of the sports seasons, I started posting pictures, hashtag fear the deer. Mm -hmm. And I think it was actually related to a soccer team and they were in the uh, Philadelphia Catholic league championship. And I started posting fear the deer and they got t-shirts made Mm -hmm. hashtag fear the deer. Well, now the cheerleaders have incorporated into their, in their, one of their routines and they're going to the national championship in Florida. Now, I think we had done this fear the deer thing three or four years ago, Mm -hmm. but now it's taken on such a life of its own that it's part of their routine that they'll do down um, in Orlando in another month or so. So you just never know, like you think you have a good idea and then you kind of put it out, but the constituents in in this case, it's for St. Hubert, they're their alumni just embraced it and it just took on a life of its own. But you can't predict that as a marketer. Like you think you know your constituents and you think you know what makes sense for your brand and um, you can build all kinds of strategies and campaigns around it mm-hmm. and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's it's art and science all at the same time oh, and a little bit of luck too. Absolutely. I mean, so that's why I think it's important in some cases just to do something you know to say okay well, if, it, if it didn't work why didn't it work you know maybe tweak it you know but you have to constantly be trying new things and you know sometimes you can outthink yourself sometimes it is those simplest things that sort of come organically I always feel the same way when we sit down and we're like okay three o'clock on Tuesday we're doing our strategy meeting for this and we sit down and come up with and then, 
sometimes it's just the things that come out of left field that end up working the best yeah. when they grow organically. I mean, what we, you know, our overall goal as marketers is to make somebody feel something. Like that's that's it. And one of the other things that you worked with me on this campaign mm -hmm. at St. Hubert, um, every appeal that I like to do in terms of fundraising and asking people for money, I like to have a message or a mini brand within the brand. And remember the one year we did, what does the St. Hubert sisterhood mean to you? Mm -hmm. Because St. Hubert was an all-girls school, and we asked our alums to write back little notes, and we were going to post them on Facebook, and it was going to be Sisterhood sure. Saturday. So we got lots of really awesome notes. Like this one, um, one husband of an alum wrote back on his wife's behalf. She was the class of 1943, wow. well into her 80s at the time. He said she suffered from severe dementia, did not know his name every day, but could still sing the St. Hubert alma mater wow. school song. Um, then there was this other it's in her lady. soul. I know. I mean, like. Mine is gone, like, but I still in her like, soul. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's amazing. And he sent us a little check. And then my favorite story about making people feel something. Now, that, that's the statement I made. I'm not saying right. I'm trying to make them feel good or bad. I'm just trying to make them feel something. Right. Woman wrote back. Uh, a graduate from the 1970s, I forget the year, and uh, she wrote a nasty note. You're making this up. I have real blood sisters. I don't have any sisters from St. Hubert. My sisters are in my family, wow. and you're just trying to get money out of us, but then sent a $100 check. So I, I pissed her <laughs> off with this messaging, but she felt for some reason compelled to put a check in the envelope oh, with man. the nasty note. So my point is, I feel like I did my job. Like I made somebody feel something. You just can't predict exactly what that outcome is going to be exactly. Well, you know, there's always, the people always like to line up, you know, so always, there's always going to be the other side of the fence. But I think, you know, that's that's the whole, you know, the point of all this is, you know, the, what people are feeling. And that's why I think there's a lot of parallels between, you know, what, is going on right now with the Eagles and especially at this point in time. And then, you know, that same kind of feeling, you know, applying that is how do you get to that point is how do you, you know, and it's, it's, it's about consistency of message and it's about going out and making them feel something. I mean, everybody is so excited. And that's a feeling, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. so excited. And like, you know, and that only comes around once a generation in some cases. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe it'll, maybe, maybe in the next few years, they'll come around a little bit more, but it will never have the same feeling. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I think that that is what is so special about what's happening in the city right now. And, you know, we're at the age where we wouldn't take it for granted. I remember when the Phillies won in 08, my daughter was in second grade mm -hmm. and we said, do you want to go to the parade? And she's like, well, I'll just go next year. And <laughs> right. we were like, no, honey, it doesn't happen like that. Right. Like you could wait a lifetime for this to happen. It's, 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 I'm so not as much that. as like when I said earlier, you know, the Eagles do a fantastic job with their social media and their marketing and everything. Um, they have something really special that is happening. Like it's success, right? So people get behind success and um, hopefully on Sunday night, there will be total strangers hugging and kissing each other at Frankfurt <laughs> and Kaufman or, you know, wherever they're going to be celebrating. Um, so I think, Listen, it's easy to promote and market something that is has so much success and excitement around it. And I, and I think that's I think that's the thing you have to recognize too as a marketer, especially on a on a local level, is that you have an opportunity right now that does not come along that often. Yeah. So, you know, it's you know, 
I almost consider, you know, our sports teams like a public institution, you know, and then we could, you know, we have, you know, as being Philadelphians at this time, we have the right to, you know, leverage that excitement for our own market. So, yeah, start posting about it. if you're, you know, and it, it, look, this could be the same thing about, you know, in Minnesota. If Minnesota happened to have gone to the Super Bowl, you know, you could you could take this, you know, anywhere in the world. You know, and say, all right, what what excites, you know, maybe even our specific audience, and then how do we leverage that? You know, right. how can we, you know, incorporate our brand into that, or how can we incorporate that into our brand, and and use that to, you know, garner some additional engagement. Um, you know, it's just timely, it's relevant. I mean, there's a lot of value to that from a from a marketing perspective. So, any marketers who are listening, make sure before it's too late, this podcast should get out tonight. But make sure you get some Eagles posts out there. We could use the good luck. We could use the good, the good vibes out there in the universe as well. So, now, um, you have you know in addition to working for uh, two different schools over the last uh, was about five six years. Yes. Uh, currently, again at Father Judge High School in Northeast Philadelphia, uh, and Saint and the sister school, uh, Saint Hubert Catholic High School for Girls, also uh, in Northeast Philadelphia. Before that, you had worked in the law firm industry. Yeah, spent most of, of my years. career in what's considered legal marketing. So marketing communications for law firms. Okay. Um, yeah, so my most recent job. Seems like two opposite ends yeah, of the spectrum like as I call, far well, as. I call that like, the real world because okay. working for the Catholic school system is not real. It's, okay. it's, it's a whole different universe. Um, so, so yeah, before leaving um, what I'll call the real world, the corporate world, um, I, and to, to go back to work for my, my alma mater, I'm a St. Hubert's graduate in 2012, my most recent job was chief marketing officer for a large insurance defense law firm in Center City. And prior to that, I had, a, um, had uh, jobs in marketing, different titles at um, a handful of other firms as well. So yeah, two, two very, very different um, roles and worlds and cultures, but um, I took the job at St. Hubert um, in the advancement office because I felt as though as a marketer with my skill set, um, an MBA, things like that, that that's, all that stuff would translate really well to advancement and development, and, and it has. Right. Well, are you saying you didn't have the same sort of wildly passionate fan base at Weber Gallagher or uh, White Williams that you did? Shockingly, no. no. Okay. No, people don't go crazy for white papers about, you know, <laughs> litigation and, you know, I mean, it Asbestos. all sounds very sexy and exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, nothing like that happened. It's very um, professional and, and buttoned up and It is. And, and you know, and the, the, the marketing strategies in terms of, you know, uh, target market for law firms are trying to get Fortune 500 companies. And though you don't get that via Twitter. You know, you, mm -hmm. use, you use white papers. You use seminars. You use Thought leadership exactly, strategies. Exactly. Best practices, things like that. Um, so the tools are very different, but um, what allowed me to be successful in that world, in law firms and the corporate world, is the same thing that's allowing me to be successful in, in you know, education management. What are those things? Because that was actually one of the things I, I wanted to ask you is, you know, what, ha what, did ha have you, what were you able to take from the corporate world and apply to the world of development and fundraising, you know? Yeah. And, be, and have it be effective. Um, probably just being um, the balance between creative and strategic, I think, is really important. Um, 
you know, coming up with new and unique ways to get the message across, whether it's to a potential client, a CEO, or, you know, general counsel at a Fortune 500 company, um, how you approach that is the same if you're approaching a potential donor at a high school. Mm-hmm. Um, to the be fundamentals cur- don't change. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, you ha- I think I'm a pretty good writer, you know, so you have to be, you know, you have to have those strong writing skills. There's a tremendous amount of copywriting that goes on um, in the in the real world and the world I'm in right now. I've always gauged writing as a sign of intelligence. Well, then I'm super smart. Oh yeah, well me yeah. too. I mean, I'm a. Yeah. I'm really I'm not good at punctuation. Like I, Oxford commas like stress me out. But oh, you gotta I get Grammarly. Yeah. You know about Grammarly? No. Uh-oh. I'll well, check it out. We're we're on yeah we're we're use Grammarly. It's like. Basically, it's a plugin you could put in your browser so that anytime you're typing anything, you know, it'll automatically, you know, check your grammar for you. Because I was like, I'm like, I was actually like a little, so, you know, as an aside, grammar is like very important, like one of my pet peeves. And I like, I still find myself, well, now that I have the Grammarly app, it's great, but I used to always like Google, like, is it, is it like, you know, uh, you not yours, but like it's versus it's was always the one I'm like, what is it again? You know, when you use it for So, you know, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, writing is definitely a huge, huge part of marketing, and I, I really think it's it's one of the very um, underrated skill sets and undervalued skill sets that people don't think about. Yeah, I agree, and there's a whole generation, my daughter included, who I, I worry about, yeah. you know, because they, unfortunately, they write how they text and mm-hmm. communicate, which is <laughs> so crazy and improper. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this generation yeah. is, is going to you know, uh, make out in that regard. Um, but yeah, and then in terms of the other skill sets, just I, you know, I am a people person. Um, I can look somebody in the eye and have a conversation and make them feel comfortable. Um, sometimes not, sometimes uncomfortable, depending upon <laughs> what's being discussed. But um, that served me well too, because when you're working with lawyers and you're training them, in terms of business development and sometimes even getting in front of clients, mm-hmm. you have to be able to talk to somebody and make them feel a certain way. Um, same thing goes with donors and, and people that you're trying to kind of sure. woo and, and feel a certain way about a school. Yeah, I mean, and you know, in that, you know, in that particular uh, regard, we're not always talking about 25 or $50 checks. No, we're talking we're about talk- five, six uh, figures. Exactly, yeah. it's mm-hmm. major donors. So, you know, you're having, you know, high level conversations you know, about, you know, large sums of money, mm-hmm. you know, with people that are, you know, are probably in that same corporate world that you had come from yeah. in some cases. Yeah. I, would I mean, so that's a good point. My target audience in most instances, when I was working in legal marketing, we'll, we'll call them the C, mm-hmm. C-suite people. Sure. Of course. Um, these people that were targeting for what we consider major gifts, you know, five and six figures, professionally or at that same level. Sure, of course. So, you know, my experience in legal marketing and being comfortable in front of a CFO, a CEO, lends itself very well to what I'm doing right now. It's probably the same demographics, psychological profiles. Mostly male. We don't want to have a discussion about gender, but it's true. That's a whole other podcast we'll bring you back in for. But I mean, thankfully, that doesn't, um, as a woman, that doesn't bother me. Um, Nor should it. Exactly. Why would it? Um, yeah. Um, it's 2018. But, you know, in, in all seriousness, you know, the legal industry legal industry is predominantly male. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, say, the last 
I would say 20 years that women started to really kind of make their way in the courtroom and, and in law firms. So starting out my career in the law firm industry that was so predominantly uh, male probably set me up to work now for an all-boys school because mm. in most meetings, I'm the only woman in the room currently. In a boardroom, it's, it's all men because all of our alums are men. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's well, it is an all boys school. I mean, you yeah, can't. no, yes, right. absolutely. <laughs> can't fault them for that. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, in hindsight, my comfort level with our all male constituent base uh, was probably because I had um, kind of grown up professionally mm-hmm. working in law firms. Right. Well, um, you know, I think one of the you know the things that you know that you said that really resonates with me is it comes down to the fundamental. Um, dynamic of being able to connect with somebody. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, as marketers, like you said, that's we're trying to make them feel something, and that's that's how you build that connection. You make them feel something. So if you know people are feeling something about Eagles, you know, and you position that next to your brand, you know, then maybe you can get them to feel that same way about you. Um, and that's you know that's how we look at things here on Milk Street too. I mean, we're we're always. It's why we don't specialize in any one thing. We don't even say we specialize in website development because websites might not even be here five years from now. Yeah. I mean, seriously, think about that. There is a distinct possibility that websites will not exist in five to ten years. No, I know. I, you know, I just had this uh, discussion with somebody at school. So Father right. Judge has a website, and everybody is always freaking out about the website. We update the website. Who is going to our website and why? You might have more people we going to your to Facebook page. Tra- exactly, exactly. But so you have to know your audience. You have to understand yes, where they're at. So exactly. Listen, our target audience is, I'll say, 11 to 13-year-old boys. They are not going to fatherjudge.com. On the admission side, obviously. Correct, correct. So yes, yeah, two large constituent base. Right. One is for recruiting and admissions purposes. The other side is development advancement. That's mm-hmm. mostly my world. Of I dabble a little bit in uh, advance, or uh, pardon me, you admissions You lend insight, you're part of the team, exactly. you know, it comes up. So the average 13-year-old boy so in Northeast Philadelphia is not typing fatherjudge.com and going to the website. He's following us on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, maybe Facebook, because we're starting to see the teenagers you know, gravitate oh, are they, back. Are they coming space. back? Are they coming, coming back? back? Okay, cool. They're That's coming good to back. know. Good to know. Yes. Um, they are coming back. So this conversation about, now a website, I think you have to have one. It's a necessary evil right now. But me as a marketer. Do you have an saying, Imgur account? What's that? Do you have an Imgur account? No. Oh, you know about Imgur? No. I got to check out Imgur. Okay. I feel like I should be yeah. taking notes. No. Well, we um, can go back and listen. I'll send you the transcription okay. of the podcast. <laughs> So my point is, who no one is going to the website, I would make the argument, um, unless we're directing them to do so. Mm-hmm. So let's not spend a lot of time building up a website across the board, unless let's pay attention to the pages to which we are driving traffic mm-hmm. to, like fatherjudge.com slash open house if we're having an open house for recording purposes like let's make sure that shit is really tight and let's make sure that page looks really Mm -hmm. good but you know they're adding like all this nonsense to the home page like who's going there what you know like let's be strategic about okay if we want to really pay attention to the home page and the messaging and the photography and all that then let's talk about a strategy 
to drive people there. Otherwise, we're wasting our time and we're paying attention to a medium that doesn't really have you know what an I audience. I feel like it's it's it, it's equitable to people who used to send memos out for every single thing at a company. Now they feel like every little thing that happens needs to go on the website. Yeah, it's like no. I mean, yeah, obviously there's value to having fresh, relevant content on your website, but you know, again, to what end are you putting all of this information on mm -hmm. there? You know, and you know, usually it's it's one person who just has it in their head that it needs to be a certain way. Yeah. But as we know, as marketers, and uh, you know, and really as as business people, people you know, managing uh, and administering organizations, you have to understand your audience, and you have to apply your resources where they're best going to be spent. You know, there's nothing worse than misspent marketing budget or yeah. dollars or resources because you don't get that back. Well, yeah, and <clears throat> and I guess like. My advice about websites is if you're going to put a lot of time, effort, and money into a website, my God, promote the hell out of it. Like, well, put the friggin' URL on everything that you do and right. attempt to drive traffic to your website. Well, there's still a lot of comp. I mean, again, it goes back to like, you know, putting all this information on the website that may or may not be relevant to your audience. You know, if you're, you know, what are you expecting from your website? Mm -hmm. You know, we t again, we you know working with a lot of small businesses, and you could say the same thing about a school or a nonprofit organization is, what is this website meant to do? Is it literally just an online version of your brochure? Right. You know, because if that's the case, you might as well just email PDFs to people. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if unless it's being used as a tool to achieve your business objectives, then you know, there's really no point in having it. Yeah, so, I agree. You know, and you know, I mean, and that's that's fine. I mean, there's a lot of you know small organizations that, you know, you can you know, you can put together. I mean, we're seeing you know the one-page website become much more popular. Really? Yeah, it's just more or less like a landing page where you know it's look, you know, people scroll, right? What do people do on their phones? Yeah. They just scroll with their thumbs, just scrolling. So, knowing that people don't always click through on things, you know, they're that lazy, they can't lift their finger up and push it back down. Or they're not motivated to, they're not incentivized to or incited to, um, you know, this kind of long form format, long page format of web pages where it's like every section of, you know, is on the home page. Hmm. So, Interesting. yeah, I mean, we've done it, you know, to kind of hold some, com uh, some of our clients over while the full website is being developed. Yeah. Um, it allows you to kind of go to market a little bit quicker. I mean, they're essentially like landing pages that, you know, are expand, you know, have just more information on it. But again, with that, to that, um, in that respect, it's, you know, very focused usually on some sort of call to action. You know, I mean, there's gotta be something. I mean, and you know, with that's the thing that cracks me up as I go to these websites, I'm like, nothing is telling me to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, I'm here. You know, I Googled it again. You know, nobody goes and types in a, a website into an, uh, an address bar in their in their browser. They just Google it. <laughs> and then so, you know, that presents some other opportunities. But then, you know, once I'm there, you know, what am I here to do? Yeah. You know, am I here to donate? Am I here to apply? I mean, that's the two things that you really want as a school. Right. You want For applications yeah. and yeah. you want donations. Yep. So, I mean, obviously there's, you know, secondary things that could be, you know, objectives like, you know, maybe it's an, you know, sign up for an event or maybe you have, you know, e-commerce element to your store, but, you know, I mean, that's all the things, you know, you have to really, you know, people don't understand what's really involved with the website in terms of analyzing the user experience and what the interface is and what all the objectives of the site are. Right. You know, a lot of our clients, they're like, they paid, you know, $7,500, $10,000 for a website five years ago. Yeah. And they're mad that they got to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. 
Cool. So I guess, you know, uh, wrapping things up a little bit, we talked about, you know, your work with law firms and compared to schools. Is there what's hot in uh, in the development fundraising world specifically in terms of branding and, and marketing strategy and tactics? What's working really, really well right now? What are some anything trending, anything that you can think of that's particularly hot right now? Um you it's not as sexy as you might think shockingly what do you mean this is um, marketing I, mean, I would this say this is like the most glamorous profession yeah, in the development world development in catholic schools in philadelphia what's hot yeah. uh what's trending um church stuff i mean i for me um we, we actually did just did a really good mailer and i was talking to you about it around christmas mm-hmm. time um that was with tra- the uh, coaster the correct? coasters so traditional um, asks, if you will, from fundraisers are usually in the form of a boring ass letter from the head of school or the right. president, and it's literally an eight and a half by eleven folded right. up with a remit envelope. I that drives me nuts. I don't. I don't believe in that. I I will do it occasionally, once or twice a year, as like a chase mailing. Mm-hmm. When if you're a donor and I've asked you twice already, I'll try one more time with a boring letter. But um, most of my ink to paper pieces are non traditional. Um, oh, we've and, worked know, on. We, yeah, we did some crazy stuff. Numerous like, ones over the years. You know, rip out the leaves and send us the that's leaves of legacy one. at St. Hubert. Yeah, we wrote, Yeah, we. That's some like real award winning shit that we level. were doing. That yeah. is next level <laughs> no, fundraising. Seriously, I mean, when you t- we're I mean, doing that, and every other school in the diocese is doing this still. The you know, uh, eight and a half by eleven with their president's little thumbnail photo at the it's bottom. One of my favorite. Uh, case studies. I mean, it's in every proposal that I send out as far as our portfolio of work talking about from an integration across multiple channels, uh, you know, and having a level of interaction and engagement with the audience. Why don't you just give us the rundown of what it was Yeah, and I think that that... Because it was definitely one of the... That was a very well-executed campaign. You and I spent a lot of time talking about it, mapping it out, the fiscal year, what it was going to look like, what we were going to do and when. And... um, I think that that was so successful and executed so well because I had the marketing background and I wasn't, you know, once the ink went to paper and the 18,000 pieces got mailed, I knew that wasn't just the, that wasn't the end. It was really just the beginning because we were going to remember we had that gigantic, oh, we yeah. designed that gigantic tree and we put it in the main entrance of the school and um, alums from St. Hubert. Uh, we asked them to, it was a perforated leaf mm-hmm. that we asked them to tear Embedded out. Embedded into the direct mail piece. Correct. And the, um, the whole point was the leaves of legacy still bloom in St. Hubert because mm-hmm. we found the school opened in 1941. At that time, I think it was 2013 we did it. So we're talking about 72 years in most, in a lot of instances, three generations of, of ladies in one family attended the same school. So we were trying to capture that. Trying I was to trying make to make people feel something. Feel something. Right. Well, no, I remember working on that was like the high level strategy that we developed is like, okay, what can we always having a theme? You're always yeah. great for saying we need a theme for this particular campaign or, or whatever, what have you. And because um, men and women, again, going back to dynamic. gender, and this is another conversation, but in terms of um, philanthropy, men and women are very different. And women need to really feel something like we just it's a point of pride you know that your 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 mother went there and your grandmother and your older sister exactly so what i was trying to do as the fundraiser slash marketer is um dare i say explain on that no we're praying on that right right so so the point was you know send us the leaf back 
tear it off, list all the names of the ladies in your family that went mm-hmm. to St. Hubert's in their graduation year. And they did. The leaves came pouring in. What was Multiple a naked colors. ball tree, yes, um, got populated every month. And literally, the tree bloomed, which went with our theme. Leaves of Legacy still Leaves bloom, of exactly. Legacy still bloom at St. Hubert. The stars and it was could not this, have aligned better on this campaign. It was like... It was probably a 10-foot tree, and it was literally bald. The branches were bald when we started. And by July, it was... Like right. b- it was beautiful, placed in a very prominent that, exactly. part in the school, so everybody could see it every day. And then, as the at, from week to week, as more and more leaves and we got would sent take back a picture in, every week and put it on social media right, so and look it at this, it's blooming. And yeah, it was just, um, it was literally that camp that campaign came to life. Yeah. Um, and the you know, the teachers loved it. The girls, when we took it down, the girls were saying, the students there, where's the legacy tree? Right. Like they really loved it. Um, so my point in all of this is I guess what's hot for me right now, and I hope it always is, is non-traditional strategies and development. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, mean, certainly taking best practices and what works and what has always worked in development and bringing more of my marketing background to it and creative messaging, creative branding, reinforcing that brand throughout the whole year. Um, and one of the things that we just had good success with at Father Judge is around Christmas time, um, we mailed a non-traditional piece, what mm-hmm. I would consider non-traditional. It was kind of a trifold. One panel was a message from the president. The other two panels were um, a calendar, 2018 calendar, mm-hmm. highlighting all the events that were coming up at Father Judge. And then at the bottom was a perforated che- uh, section that had two coasters branded school colors school seal everything cheers to our crusaders it was a little play on the fight song which mm-hmm. starts out with here's to our crusaders mm-hmm. onward to victory and um we i really admittedly did not plan any kind of real social media around that because it was it dropped the week going into christmas mm-hmm. but people were taking pictures of their coasters with their beer bottle on it or their whiskey glass of whiskey and then just sending it to us and tagging us and stuff like that so the coasters in a very organic way guys just love them and started taking photos of them and and sharing them with us so um that was just like i kind of just put it out there and did not do the follow-up admittedly but it worked out great yeah well i mean that's and i i think you know what i take from that you know is is really the the branded messaging and strategically thinking about your story and and how it uh, relates to your brand and what you're trying to do. You know, we've worked with clients in the past that, you know, we, if your story's broke, if you don't have a compelling story, if you can't build that connection with somebody, it doesn't matter what you do on Facebook. It doesn't matter how mobile responsive your website is or whether or not you have good, if you're not grabbing somebody and getting their attention and making them feel something yeah. with the the message that you're trying to impart on them nothing else is going to work so you know you have that the strategic branded messaging aspect of things which i think is really the driver and then the tactical delivery of that message whether it's through you know whether it's through facebook or it's through direct mail or email you know obviously you know we always advocate for a integrated strategy so you know don't just rely just on direct mail you know, like you said, I mean, there was, there's been times where we've been able to incorporate, you know, social media and digital elements into that. And sometimes it's just meant to reinforce and expand the reach. And that's 
really just the best practices of today. So it sounds like you're doing all the right things as usual. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Cool. Anything else you want to talk to us about today? No. Um, When's our next happy hour? Our, our next happy hour is going to be after the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. We'll have a special. We're going to have post, a post-Super so. Bowl happy hour. Should we do it today? I, I'm not, look, you got me talking about a parade. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Don't start. No, no. Bring the Eagles into it. Yeah. No, it's good. It's 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 exciting. I'm excited. I'm just like, I, I just want it to be, like, I want to wake up tomorrow and it be Sunday. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. It's one of those, like, uh, exponential curve type of things. Like, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it too, too much, especially with the off week, you know, with the, with the extra week in between, you know, last week it was you know not necessarily i mean top of mind it was easier to ignore it last week but i was telling the guy you know i went home last i got home a little bit early yesterday and i uh i sit down on the couch i get my laptop on and i'm like flipping through the channels and i get to like the nfl network is like super bowl coverage 24 7 at this point literally like six hours later i'm still sitting on the couch no, I know. watching super bowl coverage it's like so wait i have to i have to share this one more story and it's it's about a catholic church in northeast philly Talk about leveraging what is going on with the Eagles. Have you seen this? I'll send I'm it to you. Sure, do they have like a sign out front? Is it something on their sign Listen, out front? Because that's the so usual thing. So what? <laughs> Resurrection of Our Lord Parish, right there at Shellmeyer and Cast, I forget, Caster, right? They, I follow because I'm a development weirdo in sure. the Archdiocese. Well, I follow all the schools and all so the of churches, course you do, right? Of course. So they, and it was so well done. Like it was even the right hex code color, midnight okay. green and everything. Like somebody at Resurrection of Our Lord really knows what's going on. Super Bowl Sunday Mass, okay? If you go to their Twitter, they tweeted Okay. They are only going to sing hymns about the Eagles. They want everyone to wear green. They are going to bless everybody's throat <laughs> so they can cheer loudly. It's, I love it. Like, I want to go to church that that's, Sunday at Resurrection. That's leveraging. So, you know what I mean? That's like, being timely exactly. and relevant. That's being timely and so relevant here's with your market. little marketing. church in Northeast you, Philly. You got, if a little church in Northeast Philly can do it, yeah. anybody can do it. You yep. can capture lightning in a bottle. And milk it, milk it I for everything that. that it's I worth. I see what you did there. Yeah, you see what Clever. I did there. So, and if you uh, do want to know the hex codes of any of your favorite NFL teams, you can go to teamcolorcodes.com. I found it. Yes. Yes. Uh, so. Because I'm a marketing nerd. I was like, do well, you know what the midnight green hex code is? Well, yeah. I mean, you just got to Google it. You know, you can find anything on the internet. But yeah, I mean, that's obviously, you know, with eagleizing all of our branding. You need to know. We needed to know. So. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Always fun hanging out with the Milk Street crew. Well, you definitely Nice to, to be sober this time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I offered you, you know, I offered, but you, know, taking, you weren't taking. I'm taking the day off. This is a, this is a little earlier of a podcast than we're than oh, we normally do. Oh, okay. So. Throwing you off your game a little bit. Well, no, I mean, look, that's the, the beauty of, of podcasting. It's, you know, it's flexible, you know, you can just record it whenever and put it up whenever. It's not like a radio show that's live. We tried to do it live before. It's too much pain in the ass. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, look forward to having you on again soon. Great. And good luck with everything. Go Eagles. Should we do like a, like a final, like, Go Eagles? Like, a, should we sing Just the, fl- should we sing the sing. fight song? Please don't make me Let's sing. Let's sing the fight song. I will say it. How about the Eagles chant? How about you do the Eagles chant? I feel like that's weird. Is it weird? Yeah. It might be a little weird. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Market Share Podcast presented by Milk Street Marketing. To learn more about us, please visit our website at MilkStreet.Marketing and follow us on social media on Facebook at Milk Street Marketing and Twitter and Instagram at MilkStreet215.